0: Today we're continuing on with our sermon series on forgiveness and we're talking about letting go of the hurts that we carry and today we're going to talk about the difference uh, between baggage and luggage. They are very different. Now I I I want you to say the word baggage. Just say it just like baggage. Yeah it's just right? Baggage. That's what we do. We hold on to baggage. And it's almost like I can see my family up there, and, and they're getting on the plane, and they're about to board the plane, and they're all carrying luggage. They just have one simple piece of luggage. And here I am, way back here, with all of this baggage. You see, they brought luggage. I brought baggage. Say Baggage. Baggage. Say luggage. Luggage. You see, luggage is easy to carry, isn't it? Luggage is just one piece. It's light, but baggage is a whole ton of stuff that we are hanging on to. And so maybe for you, you've packed this baggage full of your own shame, right? You're like... This shame has kept me company for so long, it's like we're friends. You know, me and shame, I just pack it all into there. Or maybe you're thinking, condemnation. I have packed baggage full of condemnation, right? We condemn ourselves because we think, I know the bad things that I've done in life. I know the terrible things I've done. And so we condemn ourselves, and it's like we have baggage full of condemnation, Now, this one here is my guilt. This is my guilt, my baggage. I hang on to it because I know that I am the worst person on earth, right? This is what we think. We think, oh, no, 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 you think you're bad? Oh, yeah, no, 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 I am worse than you. This is our own guilt. And this last one is the biggest one, and it's our past sin, right? We think, I could not let Anybody know what it is that I have done? My past sin. So what we do is we stick it into this piece of baggage and we carry it around with us. And you know, maybe I actually had somebody after the first service say to me, oh, you're so lucky you only have four pieces of baggage. I think I have about 25. (laughs) I think I have packed so much baggage that I have been carrying around with me. I can add bitterness to that, right? I could just add so many things to that that I have been hanging on to. And you see, baggage is heavy and it's cumbersome. And honestly, it's holding us back from the important things that God wants for us to do. That's what baggage does. It holds us back. And so, so what we might, we might want to go on a vacation, but what baggage does is it actually helps us to go on our own self-planned guilt trip, right? That's the vacation that we end up going on is a guilt trip. And you know what? No one's driving the bus but me, You don't even have to drive the bus. I'm driving my own, and I'm on my way to a guilt trip. But God has other things in store for us, doesn't he? And today we're going to look at five points as we move from letting go of baggage to just carrying some luggage with us. And we're going to learn how we can forgive ourselves Does anybody here today want to forgive themselves? Put your hand up if you think, yeah, yeah, I want to know how to forgive myself. Well, we're going to get into it, so let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word that is a double-edged sword. Lord God, open our hearts. Let us surrender to you. Lord God, let us grow in you, Jesus, as we study your word. Let it be transforming to our hearts and our soul and our mind, all for your glory. In your name, amen. So the first point is that God has a destination for us. He doesn't actually want you on that guilt trip. He actually has a destination. He has a journey for every single one of us. And it says in Matthew 5, verse 48, Since you are children of a perfect father in heaven, that's our Lord God, you are to be perfect like him. So what this verse is saying is that God is our standard, right? So I want you to imagine, like you see that cross there in the the art piece that's up there? I want you to imagine like we're over here and that's the standard, the cross, that's that God is the standard God is perfect now I want to move on this road I want that to be my destination that's my goal that's where I'm going now am I ever going to be perfect here on earth no no I'm not I'm not but God is perfect and he is the standard that we all look to and, and what happens is that when he's the standard, we can humbly say, Jesus, I want to be on this road, and I want to grow in you. I know that I don't want to stay the same as I am right now. I know it. I know I've got all this baggage. I know I want to let it go, and I want to go there. I want more of you in my life. You see, it doesn't just happen overnight. The, the, the process with God is is a journey right it's a growing and it's every day we choose to do it different and to do it so that it looks more like god's character and less like our old sinful character now 25 years ago i worked in an environment with a lot of guys and the guys would tell dirty jokes and tell terrible terrible jokes and i was right in there with them telling terrible jokes And I had such a vulgar mouth, and I swore all the time, like bleep, 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 like all the time. Then I came to know Jesus, and 22 years ago, I didn't swear at all, actually. God changed what was coming out of my mouth for his glory. And about 20 years ago, I no longer said the Lord's name as a curse word or a swear word, And the name Jesus Christ actually became the most beautiful, the most powerful, the most loving name to me on earth. That now when I hear people say Jesus as a swear word, I cringe. I just cringe. Now that didn't happen just in a day or two. That was a process, a journey, because I was looking toward the standard. I was looking toward God and, and his standard, and that's where I wanted to go. And in the process, he changed my language. See, that's what he does. I'm not chasing perfection. I'm chasing Jesus, right? And when I'm chasing Jesus, then I have a heart of surrender, and that's the environment that he wants so that he can do his work through me. Because I don't want to be the same as I was 25 years ago. That, does anybody? Does anybody want to be the same old, tired person as they were yesterday? Every one of us, we want to grow in God. And so we also have to be in a posture to say, God, convict me. God, convict me, right? We need to say, Jesus, I need to know the areas that I need to grow in. And we need to actually have a posture of, I'm going to be excited, I'm going to be excited because I know that as I move towards the standard, which is God, that, that I am going to be more and more like him. So I'm actually going to be excited that he is going to convict me. And don't let conviction become condemnation. You see, God uses conviction He's purposed it, that it would be good, that there would be correction for all of us. but what Satan does is he takes it and twists it. And so in Psalm 32:3, it says, "When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long." Man, that is what happens to us when we do not confess, right? We groan all day long. Confession is good. Say that with me. Confession is good. Say it again. Confession is good. Conviction is good. Say that. Conviction is good. And if you're watching online, I hope you participate and say, Conviction is good. Confession is good. It is from God. But like I said, Satan takes it and he twists it, and he uses conviction to now be condemnation right and in Romans 8 verse 1 and 2 it says so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus so there's no condemnation for you so say i, I don't get con- i don't get condemnation <laughs> right you do not have to accept that that is a tool from the enemy And that is not from God. And he says, and because you belong to him, because you belong to God, the power of the life-giving spirit, and notice the capital S, that means God, that means Holy Spirit, has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. This is it. You have to know that you are free in Christ. That the life-giving spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, wants to give you that freedom. And he says, no, there will be no condemnation because you belong to me. Condemnation is judgment. It is payment. And man, we're experts at giving that to ourselves. But God is saying, no, I want confession and conviction. You know, we sometimes get tricked into this thought That if we go and help, say, three people, or we go and help five people, that we're going to get this ticket of forgiveness. So now that I've helped three people, God's going to forgive me of one of my past sins. Or now that I've I've helped five people, God's going to forgive me of two of my past sins. And that is not what Scripture says. Says that there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You belong to him, and his power is alive and working in you, and it is a free gift. Say free gift. Free gift. It is free for us, every single one of us. You see, God will do his work in us if we are willing to surrender. You see, I don't have the strength to change me. I don't have the self-control or the patience, but Jesus does, and he deposits all of his goodness, all of his character into me. I just got to believe, and I just got to ask, and I'm not saying that, that you know, believing and asking is, is this easy thing where you just go home and lay on the couch and watch reruns of Friends and just expect that God is going to do his work in us. No, no. I'm saying that it's an active participatory journey on our way to that cross. God, we want you to change us. God, we want to respond to you. God, we want to look more like you, and that means that we're going to we're going to chase after you. We're going to pursue you, God. We want to pursue you. And it doesn't mean that we Like I've said, it does not mean that we work for our salvation. Salvation is free. It is free for every one of us. But it does mean that we gather with other people who also follow Jesus so that we can be inspired by their stories, so that we can be influenced by the story of God's goodness in their lives. And it means that we're a part of community, that we study God's word, that we have an active prayer life, and that we sing songs of praise that we come here together and we sing and we worship Jesus and we go home and we sing and we worship Jesus. You see, I, we we've got two choices. We can ask the question, who do you want to be in charge of your spiritual growth? So here I am, and there's the destination, and who do I want to be in charge of me getting from here to there? Not me. Not me, because I'm just going to mess it all up. Because I don't even know all the stuff that I need to work on. But Jesus does. And so we ask Jesus to be in charge of this journey and our spiritual growth so that there's more of his character inside of us. Because we can't work it. We can't do it. We can't be good enough. But Jesus, he is complete, and he is perfect, and he wants to be on this journey with you. He wants it. He wants it so bad. He loves you so much. That he's like please. Would you surrender to me. Because I have got a great work to do in you. And I want to do it. He's looking for people. Who are willing. And open. Whew, does anybody say amen. Like, I feel like I'm a Baptist preacher in the south. Woo! Alright. Well. Our second point is, what if I want to forgive myself, but I don't think I deserve it? And so unforgiveness towards yourself is holding you back. Well, I have good news. The moment you believe fully in Christ, you you confess your sin. It's as simple as ABC. You admit it, you believe it, and you confess it. And you are forgiven and none of us deserve it but God gives it freely and then because he loves us Jesus deposits all these tools and skills and promises into us and he sanctifies us he sanctifies us which is basically a, a fancy word of saying helping us to get from here to there that's the process of sanctification. That's the goal, is Jesus. But he doesn't just leave us to do it all on our own. He does it in us, for us. He deposits his character inside of us, almost like seeds, right? So there's like the fruit of the Spirit. There's there's love and joy and peace and patience and self-control and humility and and, and all of these things that I can't do on my own, I I can't do self-control like I I just can't do that but what God does is he plants all of those characteristics of himself all of those fruits all of those seeds into my heart I just got to ask him would you grow that in me would you grow that in me would you be my strength would you be my self-control when I don't have any Lord God that's what he's waiting for us to ask And so this guilt trip that we're on, all of this baggage that we're holding on to, it's actually a trap. Unforgiveness is actually a trap. And it's stopping you from being a conduit of God's love. God wants to use you. And he's like, clean out the streets, clear out the pores, get rid of all that stuff that's blocking all the arteries around your heart. Get rid of that baggage because I want you to be a conduit of my love here on earth right now. I want heaven here on earth, and I chose you. That's what God's saying. He's like, I chose you. So, so let go of that baggage. Have you ever been on one of those uh, sidewalks in the airport that are, that are moving uh, They're like a moving sidewalk? Have you guys ever been on one of those, right? And it, you could actually just stand still and it'll, it'll keep moving you, or you can walk and it'll move you like twice as fast? Well, I believe that all of our unforgiven sin that we hold on to, all the things that we have not forgiven ourselves for is kind of like that sidewalk. And you notice the direction I'm going in? If that's my destination, all that unforgiven sin is taking me in the wrong direction. And God is saying, no, no, no. Keep your eyes on the standard. Keep your eyes on Jesus because that's the place of where I want you to go. But we get on that sidewalk because we're stuck. We feel like we're stuck in bitterness. We're stuck in shame. We're stuck in guilt. And God is saying today, today, he's like, I'm calling you. I want you to let it go because tomorrow you're going to let it go some more and some more and every single day you're going to grow and you're going to get better and that better in Christ and that's what God wants. He wants a heart that pursues him. He cares about your heart. He cares about the health of your heart and he doesn't want to be a Sunday morning drive through breakfast that we just come and get what we need and just take and then don't talk to him for the rest of the week. He wants us to let go of the past so that we can move with him in the future. And you know, I, I almost, I was thinking about it kind of like from an addiction type side. I was thinking about like what is it that I am most addicted to and I have to confess, it's coffee. I love it. I love coffee. I do. Does anybody else here just love coffee? Like I just love the taste of it, right? And so to be honest, it's a bit of an addiction because if I didn't have coffee today, I'd definitely get a headache tomorrow. And uh, so, you know, when it comes to like Lent and giving something up, I like never give up coffee because I, I love you all too much to do that to you, to give up coffee. So I just don't. But I was thinking about this like legal addiction to coffee and I was thinking, what if I was more addicted to Jesus? What if instead of two times a day I went for a cup of coffee, but two times a day I went for a cup of coffee and Jesus Right? What if three times a day I go for a cup of coffee and it's coffee and Jesus, right? And then maybe five times a day and then maybe actually it's Jesus that's first and then it's the coffee, right? That's what Jesus wants. He's like, let go of the baggage, let go of those old addictions because I want you to be addicted to me. I want you to be so addicted to me that you just can't get enough of pursuing me. That every single day you wake up and you just can't wait to discover something new about Jesus. Because he's got something. You could do that every single day. Every single day. Every single year for the rest of your life. And you will never have discovered everything about him. He's that glorious. And he wants you to pursue him and to be addicted to him. You see, what we do instead, and and I'm just speaking from experience, is that we ask God to forgive us of our sin. And then tomorrow we go to him and ask him to forgive us of the same sin. And next Monday we go and ask him to forgive us of the same sin. And we just keep bringing the same thing to him. And he says, I am complete And when I have forgiven you, I have cast that sin as far as the east is from the west. And I don't want you putting it into baggage. I actually don't want you holding onto it and sticking it into somewhere that you can pack around with you for the rest of your life. I want you to let it go. That's what Jesus is saying. You see, condemnation is like a sentencing or a punishment. Guilt makes us do things that we don't want to do and so many times are not even healthy. Say guilt is not from God. Is not from God. Condemnation, is not from God. Condemnation is not from God. Conviction is from God. Right? Conviction is the quiet, gentle, sweet, tender voice that as I am pursuing Jesus, as I am so addicted to him, that he is quietly whispering to me, Kimmy, we need to work on that. There's this thing, there's this, there's this stuff. We need to work on that. And so I'm like, okay, because that's my standard. That's where I want to go. Okay, Jesus, okay, I'm willing. Our next point is, uh, is a question, and uh, basically, the question is, what if I want to forgive myself, but what if I am my own enemy? What if I'm actually my own enemy? I don't even have to worry about anybody else around me. <laughs> I'm my own worst enemy. In Matthew 544, it says, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And you're like, okay, what if, what if it's me? <laughs> what if I am my own worst enemy and I can't forgive myself? I feel like I'm hanging on to all of this stuff. Well, one thing you're going to hear throughout this series on forgiveness is that forgiveness is a choice. It is a choice and it is obedience. And I, I believe that it is a non-negotiable, that Jesus says that we need to forgive each other and that we need to forgive ourselves, that we need to confess our sins, and it's a non-negotiable. It's not like maybe I feel like it one day. No, no, no. It's like actually all the time. Like all the time. We need to be forgiving each other and forgiving ourselves. And if our feelings don't feel like it, let them catch up later, but be obedient to Jesus forgiveness is a choice let the feelings catch up forgiveness is a choice you see when we're accusing ourselves when we're we're our own worst enemy the devil can actually go on a vacation because he doesn't even have to bug us he doesn't even have to do any work to get us to put all of our stuff into that baggage and to add more baggage and add to more baggage because we're our own worst enemy Well, you know what? I'm tired of that. I don't want the devil winning anymore. I want God to win. And so then I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to let go of that baggage because I want God to win in my life. And when you forgive yourself, you are giving them a gift that they don't deserve. So why can't you give that gift to yourself? Give yourself the gift of forgiveness. Right? God's not saying just you and you are worthy of forgiveness. He's saying all of us are worthy to be forgiven. And he wants us to forgive ourselves as well. And you might be thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what, Pastor Kimmy? You don't know. You don't know what's going on inside of my mind. You don't know that uh, that maybe I'm addicted to pornography. Guess what? The cross is bigger than pornography. You can be forgiven of that. Maybe you're thinking, I've cheated on my partner. Guess what? The cross is bigger than that. You can be forgiven, you can be set free. Maybe you're thinking, I've been an alcoholic, a closet alcoholic, a shopaholic, I'm addicted to gambling. The cross is bigger. You can be forgiven of all of those things. And do not let the evil one use those lies to keep that baggage attached to you. Because that's what those are. Those are lies. Everything is forgivable by Christ. He didn't come and die on a cross just for some of the sins. Just for all the nice ones. He died for every single one of them. And he wants to take your dysfunction and take the diss out of there. And he wants you to function. He wants you to function in him. He doesn't want you on a guilt trip, he wants you on a destination. And that's the goal, that's the prize, that's where we're going. And hallelujah, we can't wait. We can't wait to be on that journey. Woo! All right. Yes. I, uh, oh Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Uh, I um, I have a handout for you that the ushers are gonna are gonna give to you, and it's uh, ten reasons why you should forgive yourself. And this is actually homework. We're gonna keep going with the message, but I wanted to give this to you, and I, it's a fantastic list. Compiled by RT Kendall and published by Charisma House. And it is just a wonderful tool for you. And if you are participating online, if you just click over on the right hand side, there's a little uh, dash, kind of a button, click there, and it says 10 reasons. And you can take a look at those 10 reasons why you should forgive yourself. So do that as your homework. But let's move on to point number four Why do we forgive ourselves? Why? Why do we forgive ourselves? Well, because we value our relationship with Jesus over our baggage. Anybody? Yes? Yes, we value our relationship with Jesus over our self-loathing and our shame and our bitterness and our condemnation and our guilt. You see, God has a brand new start for every single one of us. We can decide today, I'm going to forgive myself. And 1 John 1, 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So that's what God does, is he forgives us of our sins because, why? Because he is faithful. And I can't argue with that. I can't argue with God. He is faithful. He is just. And so he forgives me. And then even more, he purifies me. He purifies me. You see, all of that past stuff, I can just go back to the cross. All because of Jesus, I can be forgiven. And maybe you're thinking, again, okay, I get it. I'm starting to understand this. But again, you don't know the things that I have done. You don't know where I have come from. Maybe you're thinking, a few years ago, I was cruel and hurtful to a loved one, and now that loved one has passed away, and I can't ask them to forgive me. What do I do? I I just feel like I can't forgive myself. Go back to the cross. It is bigger, God wants to forgive you of that. He does. Even if you have something unreconcilable, God wants to forgive you. He wants to let that go. He doesn't want you holding on to that old baggage. Maybe you're thinking, I was terrible to my ex-spouse, um, my partner, and I hurt them. I hurt them maybe physically or maybe spiritually or maybe emotionally and you're thinking we're divorced the relationship is over can I actually be forgiven of that yes yes God wants to forgive you for however you contributed to that dysfunction he wants to take the diss and he wants you to function he wants forgiveness for you and yes you can be forgiven now, sometimes there are consequences for our actions and, and we need to step into those consequences. We do. And sometimes we can go to a person and ask them to forgive us and they might say no. Does that mean it's still forgivable by God? Yes. Yes, it does. But it means that that other person has been hurt deeply and maybe they need more time to process and to work through forgiveness. So, what do you do? You go back to the cross. You go back to Jesus. You seek that forgiveness. You let it go. Don't put it in some baggage and hang on to it, but pray for that loved one that they too would find the freedom of forgiveness in their lives. You can have forgiveness. You can. And what do we do when we don't wanna forgive ourselves? Now, this is a different one, and I, I thought of this one because I, my husband and I have talked a lot about identity in the last couple months, and I thought, what if you don't want to forgive yourself because your identity is actually your sin, right? So you don't want to forgive yourself, and you say, I am a thief. That's who I am. That's my identity. So if I forgive myself of being a thief, well, then, then who am I, right? Or maybe you're like, I'm a cheater, that's who I am, that's my identity, it's my sin, and and it's what I introduce myself as, right? It's like, I am a cheater, that becomes who I am. Well, I want to share that whatever description you have given yourself, whatever sin that you have attached as your identity, God is saying to you today, enough. He's saying, I want your identity to be addicted to Jesus. I want your identity to be a daughter of the king. I want your identity to be a son of the Most High. That you would say, I am chosen, and I am free, and I am forgiven. What if we did that instead of saying, hello, my name is Kimmy, and I'm an addict. Instead, I said, hello, my name is Kimmy, and I am loved. I am loved by the God, the Most High God. That's my identity. That's who I am. And when I start believing that, is there any sin that's unforgivable in my mind? No, because it's all finished. It's all done, and I don't want this baggage because I want my identity to be a lover of Jesus Christ. That's who I want to be known for. You see, so many of us, we're we're not just on a guilt trip bus, we are driving it, and we've packed the bus so full of our baggage. And when our suitcases are full, we just get another one. And the tires on the bus are actually bitterness. And they're just taking us where we want to go because we think that we are invisible. We think that that's what we deserve. We think that we are so horrible that nobody could love us. And Jesus is saying, nope, that's the devil's work. That is the word of the evil one who comes to kill and destroy. And Jesus says in James 4:7, so then, surrender to God. Surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. What is the first thing it says? It says, surrender to God. That's the first thing we gotta do. We gotta surrender to God. And then we're gonna have everything we need to get this old baggage out of there. And we're no longer gonna be driving some guilt trip bus. No, 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 no. We're on a destination, right? We're on a destination, and that is our goal. We surrender to God. And when we do, God, the Holy Spirit, will do the work. He will help you to resist the devil. He will. You see, that's the thing about the good news. You know, some people say that when you hear uh, something is good, if there's good news, it's too good to be true. Well, it's not like that with God. He is actually so good, but it's all true. It's all true with God. There are no strings attached. He doesn't want you living in in a guilt trip with condemnation, with bitterness. He wants you living free. Free. You see, we receive grace. We can't achieve grace. We can't. We receive it. It is a free gift with no strings attached. None. I wanted to share just a quick story about this really cool place in England. I love watching kind of different shows, and there's this one uh, that I've watched on Netflix called Secrets of English Castles. And so I was watching this one, and I was so fascinated by this story. There's this castle at, in England. It's called Dover Castle. Has anybody ever heard of it? Dover Castle. Yeah, it's really cool. So basically, there's um, the Bank of England, and then there's a Strait. It's called Dover Strait, and then there's France over here. Okay. So back in the day, when they were always at war and fighting with each other, the French would come across that channel, and then they would attack attack the English, right? And so they built this castle up on the cliff. Uh, this Dover castle up on this cliff, and it's 300 feet up, this castle. So if you're 300 feet up from the water, you could pretty much see anything, couldn't you, right? You'd be able to see when your attackers are coming. So what they used to do is they would like get all of their soldiers together, and they'd get them all dressed up and and they'd head down, and they kind of had to walk down and around to get to the beachfront of where their attackers would come. And so, t- so about 1,000 soldiers would get all dressed up and would march, and they'd go down this road. And it was only like a mile and a half, but it would take them like an hour to two hours to get everybody down to the beach so that they could defend their land. So in the 1800s, this brilliant, brilliant man, decided that he was going to build what is called the Grand Shaft. And so at the top in the castle, they basically dug straight down to the beach, and, uh, but, but not like right on the edge, like kind of in, in where the castle is. And so they built this um, like hollow shaft that went straight down three flights, and all the way around this hollow shaft were staircases and there were three. And it's the only staircase of its kind ever built. There's others that have been built with two intertwining staircases, but this one has three. So when you look at it from the top, you can actually see three flights of stairs going down, and they all just weave around this big hollow shaft in the center. Well, now, guess what would happen? They would see the French coming, and those thousand soldiers would go down that tunnel, down that shaft, and it would take them 12 minutes to get to the beach. A thousand of them. Twelve minutes. Isn't that just brilliant? It's just brilliant. You see, what we do with our baggage, with our unforgiveness, all of our sin, is we take the long road, don't we? We're like, oh, it's, it's okay, It's going to take a long time to get there. We kind of feel like we're the Israelites, right? What should have taken 11 days to get to the promised land took 40 years. And some of us can totally connect to that story. You can connect to these soldiers. I am taking the longest path that there is possible. I'm just taking my time. And is Jesus with you? Yeah, he's totally with you every single step. But what he's saying is you can do this a lot quicker, you could do this a lot quicker Kimmy friends we could do this a lot quicker we could go in minutes we could let go of all of this baggage and live a life of freedom in minutes we don't need to take months or years journeying fighting we can just let it all go let all of that baggage go and go straight down to where God wants us to be And that takes me to the last point, number five, which is how can you know that you have forgiven yourself? Well, when you can think about your past sin and say, nope, I'm not going down that road with those soldiers to the beach. Nope, I'm I'm just not going to go there. I'm going to go straight to my destination. When you can say, I am just going to let that stuff go. And Satan, when you attack, when you try and put those old thoughts and those old ways and those old things that I have done into my mind, nope, I am going to fight them. You see, what did Jesus do when he was tempted in the wilderness? Three times Satan came and he tempted him. And what did Jesus do? He fought the devil with the word of God he fought him three times. So if that's what Jesus does, man, that's what I want to do. So when that old way of thinking comes in, I want to hold that captive, and I'm going to put the word of God in there instead. That is how I'm going to fight my battles. That is how I'm going to stay free, because I can pray for freedom today, but you know what? Tomorrow, again, I am my own worst enemy. So I've got to replace it with the word of God. I've got to hold those captives, those thoughts captive. I'm tired of baggage. <laughs> it's hard carrying it around, letting it define who I am, and I'm not doing it anymore. You know what? Instead, I want some luggage, and I took this, this piece of luggage, and it's light, And it's small, and no, I can't fit a lot of shoes in there, but that's okay. It has these stamps on here. And these stamps remind me of the places that I have been, of the sins that I have committed. They're a reminder of where I've come from. But they're not who, they're not my identity, they're not dragging me down. They're not holding me back. They're reminding me of God's goodness. They're reminding me that I'm on this journey, and every single day when I surrender, God's got more of his character that he wants to reflect in me. He's got more goodness that he wants for me, and he has more for you. He doesn't, he doesn't want you hanging on to it. He wants luggage. It's light. It's life-giving, and It's free. And what it does is it just helps us to carry the thing that we need the most. And that's Jesus. That's God's word. That's all we need. That's all we need. I'm going to ask if we could uh, respond. And I'm going to ask, I just feel like there's somebody here who for the first time, feels like I need to surrender. I believe it. I admit it. I believe it. And I want to confess it. And so I'm going to ask if everybody could close their eyes. Just everybody here, if you could close your eyes with me, that would be so great. And if you today, for the very first time, want to ask Jesus to be your Savior, I want you to stand. And I know it's a bold action to stand but everyone's eyes are closed no one can see it's just you and god so i want to ask if you would just stand and i want you to say just in your heart i just want you to repeat after me i see i see you i want you to repeat jesus i believe in you I believe in your life and your death and your resurrection, Jesus. I believe. And I believe, God, that only you have the power to forgive me of my sin. And so I'm responding to your good news. I'm responding, Jesus, to your free gift. I want it. And I'm asking that you would forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I want a personal relationship with you from this moment until eternity. And I want you just to stay standing, those that are. And for everyone else, I want you just to think have you been holding on to unforgiveness towards yourself? You've got Jesus in your heart, but have you been carrying around baggage? Have you been letting bitterness and shame and condemnation be your identity? And today you want to let it go. Again, keeping your eyes closed, I just want to ask if you would stand. If today you want to respond, I want to ask for forgiveness. And I just ask you to stand. out, God. I'm tired of my baggage. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it holding me back. I want to pursue you, Jesus. And so I'm going to stand right now because I want your forgiveness, God. I know I can't do this without you, and I just want to be addicted to you, Jesus. to be forgiven of, the thing that you have done that you've been hanging on to, name it right now to say, Jesus, I want to be forgiven of let it go let it go to him Jesus, we just ask that you would forgive us of our sin we thank you for your cross we thank you that you crawled to that cross for every single one of us We just want to reflect your character in our lives. And Jesus, now, I just want to forgive myself. So I want you to say that. I forgive myself. I forgive myself of my sin, Jesus. I forgive. Only because of you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask if everybody else would stand now. And we're going to move into communion together. And I'm just so excited for this right now. Because we're going to come to the table. The table that is this reminder of what Christ has done for every single one of us going to embrace the new and we're going to look to our heavenly father for his character inside of us and we are going to praise him and thank him and worship him for what he has done and we're going to do that by taking the communion elements we're going to do this in remembrance of him of what he has done so i'm just going to ask for you you can just take a take a few minutes and go to one of our communion stations and receive communion. Go back to your seat and take it there. Take a minute to pray some more if you feel like that's what you need. And then please stand with us and let's uh, worship with this last song.
1: i Stand while we sing. This